This is Melbourne calling. Welcome to Granny Bingo Wireless. Aim for the head or they'll keep coming. Toodle pip. Hey, hey, come over here, go over there. Don't be scared now, yeah. Lift up your head, hold out your hand, pull up your pants now. Why did you pull down your pants? We only just met, but that's why I like you. People connecting, grandma's laughing, nostalgia and ethnic dancing. <laughs> and uh, that was Crocodile Rock by Elton John. Mm. One of his new songs. Yes, never did find a wife, Elton. No, sad. Mm, sad. Oh, oh, sorry, no, sorry, Edith, sorry, before I, I totally forgot to lock the door. Hang on two seconds. Oh, quick, do it, do it. What's the thing? Uh, 7411. Sorry, we're back in lockdown now, and of course we have yes. to shut the giant hydraulic door behind us, and I always forget. <laughs> Hello, kiddies, and welcome to Granny Bingo Wireless. My name is Ms. Edith Vale. I am one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my best friend in the entire world, Mrs. Maureen McGillicuddy. How are you, Moors? I'm all right. I've got the good Lord with me. So I'll be okay. Of course, we are sadly still joined by the most miserable woman in the entire universe, Miss Caroline Springs. She's tied up in the corner. We had hoped that this last wave of COVID-19 would knock her out, but it hasn't. How are you, Caroline? You're right, Caroline. Time for your pills, Caroline. You want your pills? Got that. Put it in. Put it Put in. Put that near God. <laughs> Rat poison. <laughs> she loves them. She loves them. Mm. Well, hey, how how wild and cool is this, Edith? Because we're back for more episodes of the Granny Bingo Wireless podcast. All two of you that sent us a message begging for the podcast to come back, well, you've got your way. <laughs> you know, you say that because you don't have access to the social media accounts. I do. And people were messaging us. We haven't done an episode of this podcast since February. Can you believe it? I can, because I keep a diary, a handwritten diary. It doesn't go into my smartphone. Uh, I write everything down. I have a, One wall of my bedroom is a calendar. Mm, yes, well, then you'll know it's been that long. And we have had so many messages from people uh, since February. As, oh, when's the next episode of Granny Bingo Wireless coming out? Uh, and I know why you're asking, you people. It's because every time we go into a lockdown, you ask us to do episodes. And it's because you're sick of your, your Netflix yep. and your stands and your porn hubs and whatever it is you watch you've watched yeah. it all and you want more free content from us well bugger you mm. we do shows that you can pay money to come and see yep. don't wince to me that i'm not producing enough free content for you you know every time someone sends me a message saying when's the next episode of granny bingo wireless it gets delayed another week yep it's like when you're crossing the road at the traffic lights and you push the button when you push it a second time it resets the timer People don't know that. You push it once, and if you push it again, you stand there all day. All day. Mm. 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 But uh, we don't have to worry about that now because we've been locked in our homes. For those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, Maureen and myself are coming to you live by a slight delay of however much time it's been since we recorded this episode mm. and you pushed play on it, uh, from our bunker uh, at the nursing home that we live in. We live in the Areola Gardens nursing home. It's a retirement village. It's a, it's a lifestyle, really. Yes. And uh, we're in the old World War Two bunker underneath the, the nursing home. And, of course, it's in Melbourne, which means that mm. we're under the dictatorship of Daniel Andrews. Yes, yep. Uh, Kim Jong-Dan is his name. That's what yes. I call him. And uh, yes. you're right, Edith, you know, to some extent we're lucky living here at Areola Gardens doing these sorts of lockdowns because you can see the other women. The one hour a day we're allowed outside of our rooms. You can go and uh, chat with the other women through the bars. And really, for me, that's that's a godsend. And mm. you're right, it is a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle I chose and uh, it's really been the reason why I've become so accepting of the poofs is that mm. I understand you can 
choose a lifestyle. Mm. I don't think I'd... Sorry, I'll pull you up there, Maureen. You know I'm the woke one of the mm. two of us. I don't think you can call them poofs anymore. Uh, right. Oh. Uh, Pride Centre employees. Are Pride Centre employees. In okay. They've all been hired to work down at Dan's big poof shed down in St Kilda. Yes, yes, I saw that on the news. <laughs> they made a big hullabaloo. I saw it on Channel 9. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Of course, we are back in lockdown. Do you know who I blame? Um, let me think. Is it Daniel Bloody, Bloody Andrews? Andrews. It's, oh, he is ridiculous. He's overreacted once again. We've got, what have we got? We had 13 cases the other day. We had 19 the day before that. Only a handful of cases here and there. I mean, what is the bloody point of going into a lockdown for a handful of cases? You know what I mean? I I mean, I I am jealous of our northern cousins. I never particularly liked Sydney before COVID. But since this lockdown started and we've been living under the dictatorship that is Daniel Andrews, I've become jealous of the people living up in Sydney because they've got a level-headed... Smart, progressive premier like Gladys Berejiklian. She's just one. Why couldn't Daniel Andrews lead the state like Gladys yep. has and wait until we actually need the yep. lockdown? I mean, come on. To use an analogy, it's a little bit like uh, your open fireplace catching on fire outside of the fireplace. You know, it's it's meant to be on fire. It's a fireplace, isn't it? So you let it burn. For, what, why go and rush to get water and get your yes. carpet wet when your living room's not on fire yet? That's uh, You are a queen of analogy, I have to say. that that uh, You've summed that up perfectly. But of course, uh, thanks to Daniel Andrews, it's everywhere now, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's, it's in Sydney. Uh, yep. It's in Mildura. Oh. It's in Adelaide. Yeah. It's in Phillip Island. Did you see this? It's, it's in cows. It's in cows. Jesus Christ, Edith. I, I thought it came from bats. And now it's in cows. Oh, my God. I can't even have a steak for tea. Oh, my what? God. Jeez, Edith, I watch the news every day. This is taking me by surprise. A man put COVID in cows. Oh my God! I made I made a bolognese today. What if I ate that? What's that got is it to in, do is with? The, is it in the bolognese? No, Maureen Cats. The C O W E S. The 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 suburb in Phillip Island. Cows. Oh, we go there to watch the penguins. Yes, I hope that's the right. penguins haven't got it, have they? Those poor buggers. Oh no! Oh, oh right. Okay, I'm. Okay, so uh, look, it it was it, it came as a shock. I don't think anybody wanted these lockdowns, and for a little while there, uh, every other state and city around Australia was in lockdown except Melbourne. I mean, upside yeah. down, Dave. For, for a little while, there. <laughs> stick that up your jumper. <laughs> yeah, we we had a two whole weeks out of this bunker. Oh, yeah. it was lovely. Yeah, yeah we had, we were the most livable city again. Yes, two weeks. quite literally, yes, because everyone else was dying. Yeah. And uh, I, I used that time very productively because, of course, we were getting ready to go and do another bout of our comedy festival shows and I wanted to get some props. Many years ago, we did Granny Bingo up in Sydney. We did. fly in and fly out. You don't know how bad the education system is until you try to get uh, Sydney gays to understand yep. basic numbers. numbers. Yep. It's very yep. difficult. The night yep. went for hours. Anyway, I got a phone call. It was at the Beresford Hotel. And uh, they gave me a phone call and said, Is this Mrs Maureen McGillicuddy who did Granny Bingo in Sydney? I said, Who's speaking, please? Is this the tax department? Because, of course, I never told them about the shows we did up there. No. And uh, anyway, they said, No, no, this is the manager up at the at the Beresford Hotel. You've left a bunch of props at the cage and your big sign and everything. We need you to take them. I said, Well, this is perfect timing because we need them for our comedy festival show that we're doing at Comedy Republic. So... I'll get them shipped out. So I called up these removalists. Oh, yes. Up in Sydney. And they went and collected them for them, brought them down to Melbourne. Lovely blokes. I was so thrilled to see them. I gave them a big hug. 
sent them on the way, I think they were on the way to Adelaide after that, which is a bloody big, long Handy. drive. That, what a, good luck that they could drop that off on the way. And then a week later, we're in lockdown again. Oh. So I'm glad I got that sorted. Oh, that reminds me. How was the um, the Blues and the Cats game? Uh, oh, at the footy it the other was day? so good. It was I, I, the first half. I enjoyed. I must admit, Edith, it been a, a few years since I've been to the football. I got a little bit tipsy, and oh, yes. uh, we'd been. To, I'd been to Young and Jackson's before. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, lovely place. See the lovely painting there. The uh... yeah, the nude bird. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I kept grogging on at the football. By half time, I was anybody's. And we went to Young and Jackson's after. I caught the train all around Melbourne. I went on about five different lines back and forth. So I, I, I don't remember even who won, Blues or Cats. I don't know. <laughs> I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit that. Back in lockdown, of course, you have a little bit of fun and Dan can smell it. He's sitting at home in his brace and he can smell you having fun and he goes, no! You know, I've had nothing to do in lockdown. All I do is watch press conferences day after day after day. And, you know, recently these press conferences, they're getting out of control, Maureen, I have to say. You know, Victoria, we get one from the Chief Health Officer, then we get one from the Premier, we get one from the Federal treasurer we get one from the prime minister we get one from queensland we get one from sydney you know i mean the only silver lining mm. is i get to see dr kerry chant uh, on the sydney ones my goodness she's a fashionable woman isn't she she i think there's two people there's her and jeanette young up in queensland yes but i just oh. i think if i was a woman doctor that's probably what I'd look Fashionistas. like. Fashionistas. Yes. That, I mean, Dr. Kerry Chant is what I look like. I think we go to the same optometrist. Mm, mm. Uh, but uh, I, I, aside from her, I find the day is so boring and monotonous. I, I think I've heard a press conference every day mm. from every mm. state uh, and territory. Well, not every territory leader, of course. Mm. I, now that I think of it, I've never seen nor heard a press conference coming out of Canberra. Canberra? They've got a a first minister there, don't they? Uh, Do they? I have to be completely honest with you, Maureen. I have no idea whether or not Canberra has its own government. Oh. I honestly thought that it was governed somehow by the federal no, government. No, no, no. They've got they've got a, a dystopian leader who's obsessed with the colour grey. Right. And they uh, they've turned the city into a concrete jungle. Right. Of sorts. Yeah, that's that's all they're doing. Do they do press conferences as well? Oh um, yeah, of course they do. I mean, every really? state and territory in the country does it. It'll be. Let me put it on. Hang on. It'll be on the AM band. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, um. Are we right to go? <clears throat> My name is First Minister Glenn Gobblebottom. Uh, big boss of the Australian Capital Territory, uh, I'm pleased to announce that whilst our territory is under threat, your government, that's me and Shelley and Brian every other Tuesday, have been hard at work and have had the police erect barricades around the border of Canberra to stop the infected masses coming in from New South Wales. First Minister Glenn Gobblebottom, can you provide figures for us on, on how many New South Walesians have, have been stopped by these barricades so far? Um, yes, I do have those figures for you. Let me just check. Um, none. Uh, absolutely none at all. In fact, it says here that um, the police have spent most of their time helping civilians climb over the barricades to leave Canberra and risk it in New South Wales. Yeah, so it's 3XL. They have played every day. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tune in more often. That sounds very interesting. Well, I guess we'll just be listening to those up until everybody's had the jab. Yes. Well, uh, you know, I went and uh, I've had mine. I've had both of mine, the two vaccines. The AstraZeneca and the Pfizer. And the Pfizer. And they also did something else. They put something else in me. But I don't ask questions. Mm. You know, if someone's giving you something, you should be kind and accept mm. it. But I've had both the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca, two doses of each. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure it's working. 
Really? To be honest, I've had a sniffle. I, the day after the first one, my arm was as sore as buggery. Really? And, uh, of course, I, I had both of them on the same day. I didn't tell the second nurse that I'd had it. Anyway, so my arm was sore as buggery the next day, and I went back a week later for the other top-up dose thingo, and uh, they had the, I was so sick the next day, I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I'm meant to be taking this mysterious liquid that they've shoved inside a needle, don't tell me anything about it, in and out, 20 minutes they said, that's hardly enough time to know what they're putting in your body, What ha- if you go to a restaurant, you're there for 90 minutes, two hours, mm. and you read the menu, and mm. you pick what's going in, no, not there, no, go in and out like a sheep, and they jab you out your hop, well... I went back the next day again. I said, listen, love, I'm as crook as a dog, sneezing, coughing, and they all jumped behind the counter, put a big plastic screen up. Madam, madam, you can't come here if you're sick. I said, sick, you made me sick. This vaccine that you so far call it is has made me sick. I don't want it. Take it out. And did they? Yeah, well, they, they had no choice. I stayed there. I said, I... Oh, Darling, if you're scared of me coughing and sneezing, wait till I cough, sneeze and fart all at once. You'll know what's hit you mm. and what kind of sickness and, and horrible smell. So they said, no, madam, madam, we can't take it out. I said, I, I refuse to pay the 5G bill when it arrives. You're going to have to take it out. Mm. So they, uh, they all sort of gathered around, chatted together and one of them walked over and said, oh, Okay, Mrs. McGillicuddy, we'll take it out. Very nice girl. She walked me over and they used their phone. To take it out, of course, because of the 5G, yes. Yes. She said the only way we can get it out is if I put it on video mode and uh, and put it in front of you and you tell me what the problem is all over again. It will mysteriously leave your body. So they've oh, done that's that. Good. And she turned around, she said, I'm putting this on TikTok, she said. So anyway, I'm I'm a non-vaxxed oh, chick. You know, this much surprises you, Maureen, I'm usually suspicious of uh, modern inventions and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I was brought up during wartime and I'm no stranger to doing my bit for the community. So I, I really want to get my vaccine and I haven't actually been able to yet. Oh. Isn't that true? What? I know. A woman my age living in a aged care home yep. and I still can't do it. It's shocking. The way that this system is built, you know, it's discriminatory. It's uh, not user-friendly. Nope. You know, they make your book online, first well, of all. there we go. Get in your details. So I got one of the nurses at the home to help me book online. It said, oh, it'll be, you know, six days, seven days I had to wait. <laughs> then I went into the, uh, you know, the Royal Exhibition Centre in Carlton. In Carlton there, beautiful old building. It's not the closest vaccination centre to me, but I thought, if I'm going to die of a blood clot, I want to be surrounded by opulence, you know. 100%, and it's the one that's always on the news. What a great career opportunity for our comedy careers, if you're on the uh, news. Absolutely, I'll take some granny bingo flyers. So I booked it in, I waited me seven days or whatever it was, and I, I caught the, the train in, and the replacement bus, because of Dan's bloody... Level crossings. Re- level crossing oh. removal, yes. And uh, then I had to get the tram, and I got to the... Royal Exhibition Centre. Well, uh, my appointment was for 1.15pm. I thought I'd get there early. I got there at 7.30 in the morning. And uh, I waited and I waited and I waited. Well, my appointment time came around six minutes late. (laughs) What were they doing? Out for a smoke or something? Yes, I'd say so. I'd Mm. say so. They said something about having to wave a phone over some woman's arm to get rid of the vaccine. I don't know. Anyway, I got in there, I sat down, they said, right, we just need to check your eligibility. I said, no worries, Edith Vale, 7th of October, 1912. Uh, and then they said, uh, well, we're very sorry, Mrs Vale, you cannot have the jab. I said, what are you talking about? You know, I'm here. And they said, well, the thing is, Mrs Vale, you're a 34-year-old man in a dress. Get the fuck out of here. I was shocked. Have you called a current affair? What's happened? Uh, what? I, I have called a current affair and uh, Tracy Grimshaw won't speak to me no. um, uh, because of some of the things we said about her. 
I also called Jennifer Kite, and she wouldn't speak to me either because of some of the things we said about her and a bottle of wine. Anyway, well, that's horrible. So what have you done now? What are you going to do about it? I'm thinking I might just lick Caroline. I think I'll build up some antibodies from that one. Hey, Caroline, can I lick you? <laughs> not that part of her, Caroline. Oh, no. she's not. Caroline, what's fallen out of your bottle? Oh, she's prolapsing. Go to an ad break. Well, I'll have to push it back in. Hang on a minute. Uh, this is going to take a while. Uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Are you moving interstate and worried about COVID? Then Toxic Transport are the movers for you. Toxic Transport. We'll take on all of the responsibility of moving and COVID safety. Without the COVID safety part. Toxic Transport. We've We've thrown thrown our masks in the air like we just don't care. Conveniently located in the heart of the red zone, we'll literally travel anywhere that's not a red zone. Ask about our senior discount. Toxic Transport. We're fine with heavy furniture and a heavy cough. And there's even room in the truck for coffins. Toxic Transport. We're great for local businesses because we'll stop at every every single single small town and service station along the way. Toxic Transport. Because if we wipe out a couple of family members, then that's just less boxes next time you move. So super spread the word. Toxic Toxic Transport. Toxic Transport. All right, well, we've pushed that back in. Uh, Hello and welcome back to Granny Bingo Wireless. Maureen, uh, you know, it's been so long since we've done an episode. I got so caught up in all of the politics and the COVID news in our first segment. I didn't ask you. I'm so sorry. What have you been up to? What else is going on in your world? I've, I've I've had a lot of troubles recently with this lockdown now. Wentworth Aged Care, who run Areola Gardens, where we live, they've brought out things to stop us from going to the shops. It's the only thing you can bloody well do these days, leave the house and go to the shops. Well, apparently the supermarket complained, oh, we can't be responsible if they get the COVID here. Oh, Maureen talks to the deli staff too much. Mm. Oh, you can't put Mars bars in your pockets and walk out the registers. Anyway, they had to keep us in here. So they've been delivering groceries to us. I've spent this morning on the phone to Brumbies for hours trying to get through to them because the bloke delivers bread every day, a new loaf of bread to the apartment here, and uh, he's been an absolute... Bastard! He, he drives over, drives into my foot, into my uh, little uh, driveway, and he drops off the bread. And instead of driving properly off the driveway back onto the little road, he drives on the footpath, on the little nature strip, on the footpath, and tears up my grass. And it's the start of of the sprouting season for daffodils, and he's torn my daffodils out. And the other day, instead of driving out, he walked around the back of my little apartment, through my backyard, which is private property, thank you, and into my next-door neighbour's place. Well, I went off my tree. I said, you're trespassing, you bastard. I said, you? He said, what are you talking about, you old bag? I said, listen here, buster. I don't often swear I'm a Catholic. I said, but you are the dirt on the bottom of my fucking shoes, you little bastard asshole. And he said, I'm just dropping the bread off. I said, I don't care if you're dropping the bread off. I'll rip your fucking head off and shit down your neck. Well, that sounds nice. I'm glad you've been busy. Um, I've gotten over. I've, you have to follow the word of the good book, don't you, the course, Bible? Of course, yeah. And the Bible always said, you know, uh, give us this day our daily bread yes. and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it was written there 2,000 years ago, I suppose, knowing that that was going to happen to me. Oh, but anyway, but apart from that, what else have we done? My God, a... Um... Well, we did have a few weeks out of lockdown, as you mentioned, which mm. was fun. We got to see some of our fans. We did a couple of Granny Bingos during Granny that Bingo. time. It was great and huge crowds. And thank you to everybody who bought a ticket and came along. We, we yes. always appreciate... We joke about loving your money, but we just appreciate seeing your faces. We do appreciate you listening to this free podcast, but we love it even more when you come to our paid events. 
It was a good crowd. Did you uh, did you make any new friends? It was so much fun. And did you see we had some celebrities in the crowd at the last... I didn't see any. No, yes. really? Yes. No, we had the entire cast of Bluey's Big Play. Bluey? At the, uh, Bluey? At the, yes, at our Grinny Bingo. There was about 14 of them there. Bluey? What the hell? What's Bluey? So I don't know. I would have probably recognised. You know, know Bluey? Oh, the kids love it. Bluey on the television. You know, it's that dog on the television. Carrie Ann Kennelly? Yes, yes, ah. it's Kerry Ann Kennelly, yes. Oh, terrific. Oh, no, it was a terrific night and I really appreciate it. And hello, Kerry Ann. The uh, last time we saw Kerry Ann would have been uh, when I was bailing her out. Long story, can't tell it, sorry. <laughs> it was nice, Maureen, I have to say, it was nice to see people in person again. Mm. You know, I'm an old woman. I don't know if I'm going to make it from day to day, let alone lockdown to lockdown, and to see my fans coming Mm. to my... You know, I'm just an old girl from the bush. Mm. (laughs) To see these fans coming to my Mm. shows month after month, and especially after what... Melbourne especially, but this entire country... has been through this year. I mean, it has been a difficult year has, and we been. have all been through something that no human should be subjected to. No. no one, no one should have to be put through that. Are you, are you talking about COVID? No. RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Oh, oh it was horrible. Oh, oh my God. God! Oh, you're right. Oh, oh, that was torture. How could you put people through that? Oh, oh, you're you're such a you're a bleeding heart, Edith. You're the, you're the type of person Edith, that gets so upset about something like RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under that, you know, I, I I wouldn't put it past you, Edith, that if they called and asked us to be contestants next year on the next season, we'd do it. No, we can't. No, I've already called. I said, uh, oh. uh, look, I make fun of Paul's Drag Race down and I actually really liked it. Uh, I'm just trying to be cool with the, the wake kids on, on the Reddit. But no, I really liked it. And I called and I said to Paul, I said, can you put us on your show for season two? And he said that we're not eligible. Oh. Uh, you and I, Maureen, I said, we'll be a double act. We'll do it together. It'll be fabulous. He said, no, you're not eligible because you've never done blackface. Ah. Uh, so we've got to do blackface. Well, the episode is young. <laughs> Speaking of segments that we have to do in this episode, uh, it is time for one of our favourite segments. It's called Agony Grands. And this is an opportunity for our fans to write in. Maureen and I have lived long lives, haven't we, love? Yep, and it's only getting longer. And uh, so people can write in to us via our social media, Edith Vale and Maureen McGillicuddy on Facebook or at Granny Bingo on Instagram. And you can write us a letter uh, about your problems and we'll try and help you with your problems. And we print them all out when you send them to us because I'm, I can't read off the screen. It makes me cross-eyed. So we We've printed them all out and we've got this big pile and we were working through the pile pretty well back when we were recording these episodes weekly. But the pile has grown, hasn't it, love? It's huge. The people at Reflex would be thrilled. Do you want to grab just whatever's on the top of the pile, love? You yes, grab that letter off. Uh, okay, first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Granny Bingo, So glad the podcast is back. Please keep doing it. It's the only thing that keeps me sane in lockdown. Well, that's terrific. Especially considering we write these letters ourselves and pretend they're from people. Mm. Uh, I have a bit of an intimate problem, and I didn't know who to turn to, so I hope you can help. I gather an abnormally large amount of lint in my belly button. I know everyone collects a little dust down there from time to time, but this is excessive. It's getting to the point where I have to lock myself in the bathroom and clear it out with tweezers twice a day. So far, I have managed to keep my dirty secret from my boyfriend. But sometimes when we wake up, there's little balls of lint on the mattress, and I think he's getting suspicious. I have tried googling the problem, but to no avail. Do you know why this is happening? Is there anything I can do to prevent it? Yours in good faith, Jan from Bulara. Oh, Jan. Lovely part of the world, Bulara. Where is Bulara, Edith? 
just north of Foster, just uh, near the uh, Strzelecki Ranges, I believe. I see, I see. So a part of the world that really barely anyone has been to. Yes, I don't think it has any shops okay. anymore. It actually hasn't been discovered yet, Jan. So there you mm. go. Lay your flag down, darling. <laughs> well, I've got a few initial ideas here for you. Uh, Jan, mm. two things I've quickly picked out. You said here, I have to lock myself in the bathroom and clear it out with tweezers twice a day. Well, I'll give you a good tip. Get some tongs. They're like really big tweezers, and if you've got that much, you probably only have to clear it out once a day. And uh, speaking from experience of my own, the other thing you wrote, sometimes when we wake up, there's little balls of lint on the mattress, and I think he's getting suspicious. I've had this exact problem before. Uh, Edith and I used to share a bedroom uh, during the war, uh, at the festivals and when we're gone camping, sometimes when we're a bit tiddly and we go to bed, we end up in bed together. And every time it happens, I wake up and there's little balls of lint in mm. the mattress. Uh, Edith loves them. She gets the white chocolate ones, the dark chocolate ones, no, no, the milk no. chocolate ones, and uh, they stain the bed. It looks like someone no, shit the bed. She's not, she's not saying she's got lint, lint balls, not chocolate balls. She's got lint balls, fluff from her top. Oh, tummy fluff. Tummy fluff, that's it. Belly yes. button fluff. Oh, You know, Jane from Bolara, I sympathise with you, my darling. I mean, I, I, I don't want to assume anything, but I'm going to assume you're a bigger woman, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, the reason I make that assumption is I was once dating a certain celebrity chef, and uh, I won't say his name. Is Ian Hewitson? Yes, Ian Hewitson. Right. And uh, being a bit of a bigger bloke, he also gathered large amounts of lint in his belly button. He was always so embarrassed by it. He'd say, oh, Edith, don't look at me. I'm humiliated. But as I was saying to you before, Maureen, I'm a very woke person. And, Jan, you need to stand up for yourself, girlfriend. You need to stand naked in front of your boyfriend and say, I am woman, hear me roar. My belly button looks like the a lint filter on a cheap old dryer that hasn't been cleared out since the 90s. Deal with it, buster. Yep. And yep. Uh, you need to say to him, you either like it or leave it, Jane. And the other thing is, Jane, be grateful that it's in your belly button because when you get to my age, you start finding dust in all sorts of nooks and crannies that you yep. don't want to be pulling. And like you, I have to get the tweezers out and clear it out as well. But that's my fault for leaving Ian Hewitson. He would have, he God, he would have cleared that out. No problems. <laughs> no questions asked. He also had a problem with chocolate in the bed too. But He did, he did. So it's a self-empowerment moment for Jane. Yes, that's and that's my new motto. It's all about self-empowerment and empowering my fellow woman. I burned my bra back in the 60s. Uh, I yep, was a big yep, feminist. Yeah. Horrible for the, for the environment. Shall we read the next letter? Okay, sure, yes. <clears throat> Hello, Edith and Maureen. I recently tuned into an episode of your podcast and learned that you were both windows. So I am hoping that you might be able to share... I'm a what? Some window. Oh, widows. Widows. A widow. Widows. Okay. Widows. Sorry, that's a typo, I think. So I'm hoping you might be able to share some advice. Towards the end of last year, I lost Richard, my dear husband of 48 years. Ours was a very happy marriage, but sadly, we were never able to have children. Oh, that breaks my heart. Awful. Sad. My days since his tragic death have been lonely ones, and I struggle to find any activities that will lift my spirits, with the exception of your podcast. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. How do you pass the time? Regards, Angela in Hobart. Oh, my God, Angela, what a tragic situation you find yourself in. I can't imagine 
what it would be like to be someone like you that's going through what you're going through, mm. living in Hobart. That is shocking. Sad. I can't How? Sad. No wonder. No wonder you're feeling depressed, Angela. Stuck in Hobart. I wonder what happened. She said tragic death. I love things when people write stuff like that. It's always in the, in the death notices in the paper. They go, yes. you're at peace now and you know there was something weird going, going on. on. I love reading through the death notices. It's like, you know, people in their 30s, they go through their old high school yearbook to, mm-hmm. to think about old friends. I like to go through the death notices to see what my yep. friends are up to. It's good fun. Good, good fun. The other thing, you know, you kids, you go to your 21sts or your 30ths or your 40ths and you think oh you know I might meet someone nice funerals are a pickup joint for us aren't they Moors oh 100% my thing is whenever someone a woman at the home here dies we always go to the funeral and we look for the widower because you know he's single yes. and ready to mingle <laughs> probably horny as a toad too <laughs> All right, looking back at Angela's letter. Okay, so she's lost her husband, Richard. Oh, Angela, you've lost your poor dick. Oh. Poor Angela has lost her husband, Richard. She is absolutely dickless. Dear old dick's dead. Dead old dick. When you've had a dick for 48 years, it's hard to live without one, Oh, isn't it? my husband always told me, when your dick dies, everything's over. Dickless Angela. Angela and dick, but dick no more. She's lost her dick and she's feeling sad. Well, Angela, the important thing is to go and try and surround yourself with happiness. I don't know what you have done in Hobart that, that brings happiness. Maybe there's a lovely old ferris wheel or dodgem cars or you know you could go and treat yourself to a one of those fancy restaurants where they cook the meat in oh. front of you know they've got the the japanese blacks doing the barbecue yeah you'll have to call ahead though angela because at restaurants of course it's always a table for two isn't it ring them and say hi i've got a booking for next week i just wanted to let you know that my dear old dick won't be coming. You will, you'll be dickless. And, and I'm sure yes. they'll make accommodations. They'll make accommodations for your dick. Actually, now that I think about that, you pointed out something important in this letter. She says, since his tragic death. And I'm just thinking, Angela, you want to be careful that whatever fun activity you choose is not going to remind you too much of Dick's death. Yes. Because that that could be quite triggering for you. I mean, if he... I, I suggested, you know, dodge him cars. If he got hit by a car or something, maybe don't don't go for dodge him cars. Uh, uh, no. What else did I say? A ferris wheel. Don't... If he jumped off a building or something, steer yeah. clear of heights. Don't go... Hot hair ballooning. Oh, gosh, I hope some poor young uni student didn't have a dick land on her head or something. That would be dreadful. And, of course, Angela, if he burned to death horribly, if your dick was charred, Mm. maybe not a uh, Korean or Japanese barbecue. No. That might set you off. Oh, Angela, I think maybe the best thing is to just shut your door and close off the world. You could always go back and listen to the last 30 episodes of Granny Bingo Wireless, Bingo, Angela. exactly right. That's a great idea. The last thing I can think of is a bit of advice that my mother gave me many years ago. Eileen. Eileen Gunt was my mother's name. My mother was a very wise, wise woman. And she, I was having a bit of a trouble getting a job when I was younger. I was trying to sell vacuums. And I couldn't find a new job. And my mother said to me, Maureen, you'll never get anywhere in this world without a dick. And I think that's ringing true for you now, Angela. Stay inside. We wish you all the best and may your dick rest in peace. All right, uh, have we got time for one more? May as well. We haven't done an episode in about three years, so... Uh, G'day, ladies. Well, I like the tone of this young... It sounds like a bloke to me. Uh, you never have men write in... It is, I was right. You never have men write in for Agony Grant, so I thought I'd chuck my hat in the ring and see if you can give me some advice. I'm a single bloke, mechanic by trade, but working in construction at the moment. I'm 38 years old and have always been a bit of a free agent in the ladies' department, but now I reckon it might be time to settle down. Only problem is, 
It's been bloody yonks since I went on a date. I was wondering what kind of qualities you ladies find attractive in a bloke and if you have any tips on how I should conduct myself when I meet a bird. Cheers, Dave from Narandera. I think that's Narandera. Narandera, up in New South Wales. No, it's not. I've been to Narandera. Well, Dave's looking for some... Bit of tail. Bit of tail. What do you find attractive in it? It's been a while since we've been able to go out on the Terps, Maureen. There was the, the Chelsea pub that we used to go to for a while, which... When Daniel Andrews came into power, he shut that down and turned it into a level crossing and then shut that down as well. Yes. It was yes. targeting there anyway. We used to go in there, we'd have a grog, wouldn't we? Yes, a creme de menthe or a sherry or something like that, yes. I'm a beer drinker myself. I like beer. Cold, frothy on a beautiful Monday night. That's my go. And we'd sit there, wouldn't we, and we'd oogle the men, trying to find someone eligible, maybe just one of them, to take us home for a spit-roast sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, with you and me, we'd be spit-roasting him, uh, which took them by surprise more frequently than not. So one of the things I'm looking for in, 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 a, in a bloke is a willingness to be pegged. Yes, it's very popular these days, I believe. What kind of outfits do you find attractive on a man? Of course, we've lived through several decades. I've been intimate with men in safari suits, caftans, mm-hmm. uh, skinny leg jeans. Uh, just the other day, a man in a bow tie. You haven't been sleeping with Huey again, have you? Uh, don't worry about it. What kind of outfit would you suggest Dave from Narendra? Where's uh, on his date, Maureen? Uh, good question. I love a, uh, a like a lined pinstripe sort of peach and strawberry collared shirt. Mm. Nice wide collars, ironed flat so that they don't peek up on the sides. I like them to sort of flatten right out. The other thing I look for is a wide-fitting brown pant. I mm. I want my men to look like they're going to a school formal in about 2004. I think that's a sexy, sexy look. The other thing I look for is war medals, and the more, oh. the merrier. Sorry, Maureen, I feel like I'm listening to Fifty Shades of Grey or something like that, and this is really getting me steamy. Yes, it's bubbly undies. Maybe <laughs> I can see them. What kind of restaurant would you want to be taken to by, Chinese. by Dave in the rain? Chinese. It's too spicy for me. So, well, I prefer to go to Guzman... Why, Gomez. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's Chinese as well. Mexican Chinese, I think. Beautiful food, rice and all that sort of thing. All right, so let's picture Dave in his beautiful outfit. You're going to Guzman Y. Gomez and uh, he pulls out the seat for you. You sit down and uh, does he hand you a little present or something like that? I, I would be hoping that he might say, Maureen, I saw your picture and I thought that this pouch of dried lavender would suit you and he'd hand it to me and I'd put it in my handbag immediately with all the other pouches of dried lavender. And so you order, you eat, you laugh, you you have a few drinks and uh, the bill comes. Do you offer to pay half or do, should he offer to pay half or should he take the whole bill? Uh, I, I would say to him, you pick up the bill and then I'll uh, pick up the bill in other ways later on. I say to them as we walk out the door of the Guzman I Gomez and I go to the one that's inside the petrol station near our house it's you know they used to have a McDonald's there now it's Guzman we we gimmies and as we walk out those sliding doors into the petrol bowsers I say I think tonight's your lucky night and they, they always go, well, let's get home sooner than later. And the last time I did this, they there was a row of cars beeping because I accidentally parked at the petrol bowers to go for dinner. I was there for two and a half hours. No one could fill up their car. Well, Dave, I think there's your answer. Don't bother looking for some cheap bird up in Narendra. Come down to Melbourne after the lockdown and you can take more rain out. The only thing I will suggest to you, Dave, is, uh, as Maureen said earlier, we have shared a beard before. 
I wouldn't be getting to know Maureen in the carnal sense after a Mexican meal. When I've had beans and chilli, I snore from both ends. And it sounds, I don't know if you've ever heard at night time out your bedroom window a possum in the tree sort of screaming. That's what you'd be expecting to hear from under the doona that night. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Coming soon to Seven, an all-new season of Celebrity Bigot Brother. Ten celebrity bigots will be forced to live in a house where they will need to work together to compete in challenges for food, alcohol and access to their Twitter accounts. Featuring the biggest names in bigotry, J.K. Rowling. Sorry, guys. Who's been using my bathroom? You know, I don't like anyone going in my bathroom except me. Adolf Hitler. Oh, oh my God, the big brother. I'm so lonely in this house. Every time I run into the showers, they go running out. Australia's own Pauline Hanson. He's hungry. I'm doing fish and chips. Nine, nine, nine. Enough with sufficient chips, Pauline. I can't take another battered salve. Sydney radio legend, Alan Jones. I wouldn't mind a battered salve, or perhaps a little boy. <laughs> Former US President Donald Trump. I'm going to give one point, and I can have as many points as I like. I'm going to give one point to that J.K. Rowling chick. She doesn't put out for Trumpy booze. I've tried everything I can, Big B. And uh, I'll give two points to Pauline, because she did try to put out for Trumpy. And of course, Australia's favourite bigot, Margaret Court. Ah, 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 your mother sucks cocks in hell. All new celebrity bigot brother, filmed on the Gold Coast, the home of bigots. Tune in, or else. Well, Maureen, I think we're nearly at the end of another episode. I'm sorry to say. Yes, and it's dinner time. It's dinner time. What are we having tonight? Your, it's your turn to cook. Yes, uh, I've decided I'm going to make a meat pie. Ooh. Uh, a traditional old meat pie recipe that is the Country Ladies Association meat pie recipe. Actually, I'm... I'm I'm doing it a little bit different. It's deconstructed. Oh yes. And so what I'm going to do is it's uh, there's no pastry mm-hmm. and no gravy. Right. So it's mince meat and no veggies. Just min- just mince meat. We're having mince meat for tea tonight. Delicious. My favourite. Hello, love mince meat. Yum. Yes, queen. Yes, slay, hunty. <laughs> Kitties, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, of course, uh, it has been a while between chats and we've really loved bringing this to you. If you want us to bring you more episodes, make sure you share this podcast with all of your friends on social media and tag us too. Yeah, yeah no, Caroline, sorry, Edith. Caroline, no. No, sorry, Edith. She's putting the, the video back in. Caroline, put it down, please. No. no, Caroline. Edith, she's worked out the how we're tricking her with the Huey episodes. For the listeners at home, I have to whisper this because I don't want her to know it. Caroline loved Ian Hewitson's cooking show, Huey's Cooking Adventures. My ex-boyfriend, yes. Yes, ex. Remember that, Edith? That's over, isn't it? Yes. And anyway, Caroline, we couldn't tell her because she goes off her absolute trolley if she gets upset. So we couldn't tell her that Huey's Cooking Adventures has been off the air for 13 years. Yes. And we play the same one at 4.30 every single day. And she yes, thinks it's still on the TV. And I think she's worked it out. All right, all right. Now, Caroline, put it down, please. It's time to watch Peppa Pig. <laughs> Pretty much the same show from what I can work out. Yes, it's all minced meat to me, yeah. Uh, no, you're, you're dead right, Edith. We do we do want you to share our podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell them, you know, all oh, new episode of my favourite podcast has come out. You should give it a watch. Because, to be quite uh, frank and honest with you, you people already listen to the podcast. We don't, we don't have to try with yes, you. Yes, we don't need uh, you. We want new people. We yes. want fresh blood. Babies, and uh, and the only way to do that, if you can tell your friends that these poor old ladies who get no help from anybody have got this so cool podcast, you know, Joe Rogan, who 
And of course, if you'd like to see us in person, we have a few shows coming up in Melbourne, uh, COVID uh, pending. Uh, on the 2nd of August, we have our monthly show. We do this every month. It's actually a bingo night where you can come Ooh. along and uh, play bingo. Now, tickets to that one are nearly sold out, so do jump onto that. And then, of course, we're doing a return season of our sold-out comedy festival show, An Intimate Evening with Granny Bingo. And that's uh, Maureen and I standing on stage and telling stories. We did it at the comedy festival. It was very successful. It was very sold-out. So we're bringing that back to the same venue as uh, as Granny Bingo. It's at the that's Comedy right. Republic on Burke Street in Melbourne. And you can buy tickets at comedyrepublic.com. Com.au. Now, I can hear what you're thinking. You're thinking, why would I book tickets to a show when we're probably, possibly, maybe going to be in lockdown again? Well, mm-hmm. here's what happens. If the show can't go ahead, you get an email and they'll say to you, oh, we've postponed it to whatever date. Would you like to carry your tickets over? And you can either say, oh, yes, I'll keep my tickets and support these lovely old ladies. Or you can say, no, I'd prefer a refund because I'm an arsehole. Yep. Either way, you can do whatever you like. And, uh, of course, the other benefit to buying a ticket to one of our shows is that you get to support some artists who are sole traders. Uh, Without GST. It probably sounds like a weird thing to bring up uh, during the podcast, but we are sole traders who are not registered for GST, which means we don't get support from neither Scott Morrison nor Daniel Andrews. There's been no financial support (laughs) for us and many other middle level comedians I would say is it what we are low to mid low to mid so uh, your money is the only money we get and we we want it basically yes we really want it make sure you tune in to the next episode of Granny Bingo Wireless where I'll be personally sending a nuclear bomb to Bulara I'll be doing a blow by blow recap of this week's episode of Beauty and the Geek and I'll eat an entire jar of Vegemite but until then kiddies remember As soon as you can get the fucking vaccine, please get it. It's so important. Hiru! See ya, thanks for coming along. Centre employees, okay. They've all been hired to work down at Dan's big poof shed down in St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know where that came from. Yes, yes, I saw that on the news.